Are you ready? Welcome to Radio Grognard, King Size, the OSR podcast with more stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, Old Man Grognard here, hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day here in the wilds of New Mexico. I'm back here in Taos again, and I just thought I'd add a few, I just thought I'd had a few thoughts about sandboxes, linear adventures, and shared stuff, you know? We'll talk about that right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I kind of got to thinking about linear games versus sandbox games, and there's no reason why you can't mix them. Now, as you know, I'm against railroading, and some of this may sound a little railroady, but it's not supposed to. My philosophy with the sandbox is they, the players can go anywhere they want and do whatever they want, but once they take a hook then they are pretty much, I'm not going to say lock-stepped into it, because they still have free agency. But that's the story that's going to be told. And what I mean by that is if, say, a player character wants to go off and do their own thing, like, you know, you know the, you know the types, the, the, the lone wolves type of thing. If they want to go do their own thing, if it's not related to the story, I just say, hey, we're not going to follow you. Sorry, you know, it's it's basically majority rule at this point. And so that's the way it goes. But like I said, there's agency in that. And what got me to thinking about this was cinematic universes. And the way stories are told that kind of, they don't quite link, but they sort of like brush up against each other. And also movies that do kind of like that, like Pulp Fiction or Sin City. Sin City is a good example because there are characters in one that are just, you know, main characters in one story that are side characters in another or just basically cameos and they just sort of, you know, are there, you know. And to me, I like that because it makes it feel like a real world, a you know, an active world. And... I just think that that really couldn't help your game. And how do you do that? Well, you have to do a little planning first, of course, and prep. But I kind of want to make it painless and easy to do. And once again, I fall, fall back on my bullet points. So let's, let's, let's go down this path, shall we? Say you have a sandbox game. You got an area, okay, and you've got plot hooks scattered around everywhere, okay, and the character, the player characters are, okay, they're doing their thing, and it's like, okay, they take the bait of one, okay. Now, with plot hooks, 
and that's that's a whole separate thing. But to me, to 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 give it a to give you a rundown, of this plot hooks to me are like, okay, here's a one sentence premise that I may develop, and these plot hooks are you know all over the place, you know stuff like stuff like uh, uh, boards, you know bulletin boards and stuff in town are really are really helpful in that because they you could put like a dozen of them on one so you've got these plot hooks that are like one sentence plot hooks say they decide at the beginning of the session okay they're gonna go do this okay fine i can develop that enough in session to get them along far enough so they you don't have to i mean you don't have to sit there and go oh give me another hour i gotta fix this no you all you have to do is just you know, do that. So develop, you know, have your one sentence plot hooks. We're going to go do this. Okay, fine. You're going to go do this. So we'll play along. We'll play along. And I'll just sort of kind of, I don't want to say ad lib it, but I've got enough info in that area that I could do some stuff with them. You know what I'm saying? Okay. What happens to all the other plot hooks? Well, they just, they just sit there. Not really. You don't have to make it sit there. What I would do is if they've, they're going to go over on this one course of action, of course, at the end of the session, you say, what are you guys going to do next? They're going to do one course of action. So develop that course of action, but also look at any other plot hooks that are in the area that you've planted. If you haven't planted any, plant a few. And develop those, but not as much as the main plot, that are the one they're following, Okay. So you can do a bullet point of what they're following, what goes next, what's going to happen next. Whether it happens or not, you know, that's up to conjecture because, you know, play is going to do what play is going to do. But what I'm saying is go back to the plot hooks that are around there and maybe develop it one more step, one more bullet point. So you have a little something to work on. For instance... Say you the the players are following a plot hook of uh, missing artifact. Somebody wants this artifact, and they are willing to hire the adventurers to go find it. Okay, they go to one area and they're going to find it. Say in a, in nearby, they're the king's agents who are looking for an escaped criminal, and. Your characters are doing this. They're going to, say, a dungeon or ruin or, or abandoned temple or whatever where it has been, the artifact is known to exist. That's the information they have. Okay, because they had, like, they did a few encounters in town, whatever. So they're going to go for this artifact. In the meantime, you can, de- if you develop that other plot hook, say, one step further, what happens if that criminal is hiding inside where they're going to look. Or, or if you don't want to be that, you know, you don't want to, you know, have it de- develop it that much, you could have, like, the king's agents run into them on their way to the temple or so. Have you seen this man? Da, 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 da. Yes, and who knows, maybe they even may run across, um, say they're at camp, say they're made camp, they're halfway there. All of a sudden, that criminal runs through their camp. Not, not, I don't want to do it at night. You can do it at night, sure. But he runs through the camp, and these four guys are chasing him. And maybe it's it doesn't go. They don't go through camp. They maybe they go like maybe ten yards, twenty yards 
from camp. You can see all this happening. You know, the bushes are moving. The some guys running through the, and the, and and he and he may he may stop at the camp and say, help me please. I gotta get out of here. I help me hide me or whatever, or whatever. Or he takes off, and then the king's agents say, hey, have you seen this guy? No, we haven't. We saw some guy run through that way. Okay, thanks. Boom. Now that plot hook just brushed up against the plot that the player characters are doing, which makes it to me and makes it seem a real continuous world. And if you have, say, 12 plot hooks out there that you've placed, all you have to do during your prep, after you, you, you know, decide on what's going to happen in the next session, all you have to do is go back and go, okay, they're listening, looking for a criminal. Boom. Say this criminal is fleeing through the area that the PCs are in. It's fleeing through this area. That's all you got to do. Just one more bullet point and you've got it. And that way it just, it just gets the characters involved. Now there may be a downside to this. Say that one character who wants to go off by himself saying, Oh, we're not going to follow your story. What if he goes off to look for the criminal? And you know, at that point I would have to like take a poll of the player character of the players saying, this guy's going to go over here. This is related to something else. Do you guys care? Do you guys want to follow that? And it's like, if the majority is yes, okay, we're going to follow that. And I, as a GM, am, I feel that I am competent enough as a GM to follow them to, to, and, and to link the original thing they were doing into that. Say they're going to look for the criminal and he happens to end up in this old dungeon where the artifact happens to be, or at least some information where they can find the artifact. Say they got the guy, they they help get the guy and they said, good, we, there's a reward, da, 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 you know, take the space, you know, whatever. And they go off and they're still in the dungeon and they find some other, some old hermit in there or old wizard or hermit or some guy they could ask about or find information in the cave itself, like scrawls, you know, maybe some paper, uh, a note or some scrawlings on the walls or whatever. Um, and also this can, aside from, aside from, you know, making you feel like a living world, this is a great way to set up another, another plot, another plot hook that they don't have to follow right away. And, you know, it's like, after this, we're going to go do that type of thing. You know, you give all of a sudden, you're giving you more agency and more choice, which is always a good thing to do because you want to do that in your game. So you've got the plot hooks. You've got the, the other plot hooks over here you developed. You've got, I, I did this in a Castles and Crusades campaign, but I never got to follow up on it because the campaign ended shortly after because of reasons. Um, I had them, they were in a, they were looking for this ghoul in this cave or not cave, but in this old dungeon or something like that. And I happened to put in there a flyer for a theatrical performance in Bluffside about the gods, you know, the Greek god, the, the, the Odin and, you know, the the Scandinavian gods and all that kind of stuff. And they said, oh, this is because there was a note on there and they flipped it over. Oh, it's a, oh, cool. And one guy goes, hey, I'm going to hang on to this. Okay. And if the campaign would have gone 
you know, they would end up in Bluffside and I would, I would develop that. And then maybe find another plot hook around the area or in the city that I could brush up against again. So it's, it's not that hard to do, but it's doable. And it'll, I think it'll make your game a lot, a lot more alive. All right, so I gotta go start my day. So, and it's a beautiful day out here. God, not a cloud in the sky. So, if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognar@gmail.com, or you can drop a voicemail at Spotify for podcasters. We are monetized, so as little as ninety-nine cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. And if you want to do a single donation, go to my Kofi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard <laughs> or my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me 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 slash oldmangrognard. I knew it was in there somewhere. I don't know why we have crickets out here today. It's, it's like the, it's like 10, you know, it's like 1030 in the, in the morning and there's crickets. They're going overtime. But anyway, anyway, let me thank these guys who do give to me monthly. Gilbert Soros, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Benjamin Brodell, John Allen Large, and Aaron. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. For other good podcasts, there's Dan Gregg's The Young, Y-U-N-G, Young Grognard Podcast, Kevin at the Red Caps Podcast, Daniel Norton's Bandits Keep Podcast, Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest Podcast, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Kankar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You got questions? You got comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. Tune in next time when Radio Grognard King Size is on the air.